This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, and joining me as always is the man himself. The podcast is named after him. It is Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. I hope you are. It's um, it's just good to be here today. It's, I've had a, a fun, crazy, challenging traveling week, and uh, back at the at the base camp today. Yeah. Catching up a little bit, and um, no, I'm just super excited to get to do this. We 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 did reshuffle or shuffled us a bit due to that trip I was talking about. So appreciate uh, our our esteemed guest uh, being able to be flexible for us. So it's always good when that happens. It is always good when that happens, you know. And uh, and why don't we just go ahead and introduce our guest today? His name is Butch D. He's a customer service instructor for Steamfitters Local 449 in Pittsburgh, amongst other things. Butch, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Well, good afternoon, Tyler and Greg. It's a pleasure to be here. How did you guys uh, get to know each other, and uh, why is he on the podcast today? Well, because we're out of people. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no, that's well, no that way to welcome good. a guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, Butch. Um, no... But Butch and I go back many years now. I was just thinking about it this morning, and um, I want to say, Butch, it was around '01 or '02 that we met, um, somewhere in that ballpark. S- somewhere there, yep. And um, Butch works for a company uh, that's part of the the local union up there in Pittsburgh, and um, he his company that he's with was in a peer group. Uh, of a company or, or uh, the peer group member of the same peer group I was a member of when I owned my company. And uh, we just kind of, we just started uh, talking, hanging out. Uh, we we're both passionate about the HVAC industry and working on backfilling uh, our roles as, as we age and, and become, you know, uh, seasoned citizens of the industry. And, uh, we both are about training and young people and development and all that good stuff. So uh, that's kind of how it got going. And then over the years, we've just stayed in touch. And um, I was fortunate enough to lure Butch down for a couple of training sessions where we hired him uh, to come in and, and perform uh, soft skills training for our technicians and, and customer service reps. And it's just a just a great friendship. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends as well, and uh, we're just thrilled that we could get him on and talk shop a little bit. So there you go. I'm thrilled to be here also. <laughs> well, that's because it's early in the podcast, Butch, so let's, yeah. let's, let's reserve that thought for about 45 minutes from now. We'll see how you, see how you truly feel. Okay. So, well, tell us um, about what you do for the local union and the training and, and kind of, you know, what drives you, what, what's your passion to get, you know, get behind that effort and, and teach those youngsters? So X amount of years ago, um, for, for, for many years, I was fire chief at our local volunteer fire company. And um, I made friends with a guy that was the fire chief in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, the gentleman's name was Alan Brunacini, and uh, the man was brilliant. And he wrote several books on um, fire ground command, uh, management systems on the fire ground. And we had him into Pittsburgh uh, for training to teach us. 
And um, as I got to know him, uh, one of the books he wrote was called The Essentials of Firefighter Customer Service. And um, went out to Phoenix to visit him. My, my sister-in-law lives out there, and our family went out to visit him. And he, he had just written that book, and he gave it to me. And I went home and read it. And I thought, you know, this book really seems to apply so much to my everyday life and what I do at work. I work for, uh, the name of the contractor I work for is Ruth Roth Service. <clears throat> and the gentleman that's the president of our company right now, his name is John Sloan. At the time, he was our general manager. And I showed him the book, and he asked me if I would be willing to uh, present some of it after work to the people that work at Ruth Roth Service. And our now business manager of Local 449 came to the training session because he was real interested in developing the service market in Pittsburgh. And uh, he liked it. And kind of collectively, uh, John Sloan had me start to do some presentations, as Greg said, for the peer group. At the time, it was called the Unified Group. And uh, Kenny Broadbent brought me on board to develop the customer service training program for Local 449. And from there, it's kind of expanded to, as Greg mentioned, I had the uh, great opportunity to get on to Charlotte for Airtight Mechanical several years ago and several times. And I've had the opportunity to do things uh, for the Service Logic Group. And uh, we've produced uh, here in Pittsburgh uh, in 2008, 9, and 10, we produced 13 customer service training videos that are industry specific. And we're in the process of updating those. We just um, uh, updated three of them uh, one on dealing with conflict, one on image and professionalism, which we patterned after one of Greg's companies here in Pittsburgh, Huckestein, um, who's a service logic company now. And we um, did one on the disk profile. We patterned that after Ruth Roth Service, the company I work for. And then we used another contractor here in Pittsburgh for the conflict video, and that's Lugalia Mechanical. And so uh, it's just something, as, as Greg mentioned, we're both kind of passionate about this training and our industry. And... Um, sharing the effects that the customer service has on people's career. Yeah. You know, Tyler, how weird is that? Cause I, I had forgotten the fire, uh, the fire uh, chief writing the book story, mm -hmm. but you know, when you think about uh, essential services, which HVAC contractors are considered essential services, but so are firefighters. So are, policemen, what have you. But you never think about somebody taking the 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 bull by the horns on a on a in a fire company or, or you know fire department setting and think about customer service. You know, I, I think that we take that for granted. I do or had until this morning. Because I mean you, you only see those people when when the proverbial shit is in the fan already. You know, it's not like right. You you typically just don't stop by the firehouse and say hello and take a cup of coffee over, which we all probably should. But you know, we we get so caught up in our 
myopic selves that we don't take time to do stuff we should do. But, you know, you don't think about customer service at that level. But just sitting here listening to Butch, I'm, you know, thinking, wow, I, I never really think about how they have to interact with the public and, you know, understanding that when the public comes to uh, meeting a fireman or a fire lady or whatever, uh, EMT, paramedic, the, the customer being us as the wounded person or the person on fire, you're already in a high state of duress. And I would think, Butch, and, and, and you tell me, on a much lesser degree, when we walk into a building that's hot because the air conditioning's down, those people are distressed as well, are stressed. So Absolutely. It, but I would think there's some carryover there of, of how to deal with people that are in crisis, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm not even comparing to HBC to fire people. Um, but it's the same problem. The, the poop's already in the fan. You're walking in, you know, whether you're wearing a fire helmet or a hard hat or a set of safety glasses and working on air conditioning. You're you're dealing with a, a, a very touchy situation. Is that in, in my own track there or am I, am I misguided? Oh, no, you're 100%. 100% on track. And this Alan Brunacini, uh, when he first became fire chief, he used to get many, many letters from residents after the emergency that they encountered, <clears throat> whether it was a medical emergency or a fire. He called them events. And he said when he first started reading all the letters, he um, once he saw that that the people put the fire out or treated the, the, the victim properly from a medical aspect or the patient properly from a medical aspect, he stopped reading. And then he had like a wow moment in his life um, that turned him thinking more about customer service. And he started reading all the letter, the, the complete letter. And what he found out was, like, the first paragraph was about how the firefighter or the paramedic performed. The next several paragraphs or the next couple pages was about their soft skills and mm -hmm. their compassionate and how they treated the people. And he found out that the majority, as, as we probably all know, in any industry, the technical aspect is somewhere between maybe 5 and 15%, and the soft skills is somewhere between 5 or uh, 95, 85, 80 to 95%. And once he did that, he built one of the most respected uh, fire departments in the country. And he was all about the customer first. He always referred to Mr. or Mrs. Smith. And it was all about the customer. And his message really resonated with me. As I read his book, I'm like, I believe this guy wrote this for my job at Ruth Roth Service in Steamfitters Local 449. I had an easier time connecting that book to what I do for my profession than what I did as the volunteer fire chief. Now, I certainly grasped it for the fire chief's job. But it really hit me for what I did. And I thought, you know, this really has quite an effect 
on business and how we can manage our business relationships. And ultimately, what are we looking to do? We're, we're looking to gain the market share through long-term relationships with our customers. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, I used to think as a young guy and as even a young company owner that technical was a third, communications were a third, and proper documentation and paperwork and, and uh, paperwork was a third. Is that did I say that right? Three thirds. Okay. Yes. So, communication, technical, and then the documentation. And the order that I get, um, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same uh, boat you are as thinking it's more like you know eighty five to ninety percent of the soft skills because. A lot of people, and, and, and I use the reference, I'll, I'll point to a grill, you know, like a, a, a supplier grill or a diffuser and say, there's a lot of people that can make cold air come out of that hole. But can we do it better, quicker, cleaner, communicate better? You know, what, what are all the, the surrounding aspects um, to making cold air other than just making cold air? And um, I don't know. It, 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 I just think that in, as we go forward as a people, I think it's going to be even more important. I don't, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Yeah, and the, what I always say too, Greg, is when I teach the class, there is no substitution for skills and knowledge. So we still have to be skilled. We have to be able to do the job. We still have to be knowledgeable. We have to study uh, the one-third that we're talking about. Yeah. But the biggest piece is... Uh, can we build the relationships? Because that's really what it's about. Does does our customer truly know that we care about them? Right. And you know that old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So true, Butch. And I know you have uh, a lot of your customers that you take care of daily. You, you've had those folks a long time, right? Yes. And you're sitting in the break room of one of those customers right now, I bet. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, th this whole podcast is built around, you know, relationships. And it sounds weird for a, you know, a 50 whatever year old I am, six or seven um, guy to be talking about relationships. I, I feel like I'm, you know, emulating Dr. Phil when I first hear that word. But... <laughs> It really comes down to that long term, as you said, uh, you know, living with people uh, through just challenging and fun times and, and stressed out times like when the air conditioner's down or, you know, celebrating the victories uh, that, that we all go through. And, you know, our whole thing is to capture all that. And, you know, what, what what's... I think unique about our industry and other service industries as well, but we live with our customers in a very unique way because air conditioning, if you look at statistics from real estate brokerage and management companies, air conditioning and comfort ventilation, all the, all the HVAC words, is, is really on the top of the list when it comes to satisfaction of how much people enjoy their job or at least enjoy the building in which they're doing their job. 
So we really have a, a, a pretty good bond with most of our long-term customers because they do require, you know, us to be there when they need us. And uh, it's just a, a, it's a pretty cool case study if you think about the industry and how we interact with our customers and each other. You know, we go back to, you know, how you and I got connected and then you knew Denny and, and Denny's just retired, you know, December of uh, 2020. Yes. Then he hung up his gauges and uh, yeah. he, uh, he he said he's going to do some farming and raising cattle. So that'll be interesting to see. I uh, saw boy. that. I connected with Danny, sent him an email, and we corresponded back and forth. And he was real excited about that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Denny is, uh, Tyler, we, we were not able to have Denny on before he got retired, but maybe we can lure him on now that he's got a little bit more free time. But that's just another example, you know, of how this industry is a tight knit group and, and really sticks together. And um, I, I think Butch is a testament to that because just um, what what were we talking, Butch? Was it last week you, you saw a fellow who now works for a service logic company and he used to work with you and then y'all wound up talking about me. And, and it's just a weird uh, it's a weird little circle. Sure is. Yeah, I, I, I got a call from a guy, Chris Boyle, and he said to me, um, I'm going to be talking to a guy you know today. I said, oh, who's that? He said, Greg Crumpton. I says, really? That's pretty neat. I said, so, like, how are you connecting with Greg? And and he told me it was over some data center work. Yeah. And uh, it is. It's a, it's a really small world. Which is, I love that aspect of it. Um, my, my, concern and you and i've talked about this before is we have to make sure that we're backfilling us and so we're you're talking about phoenix a while ago and i was in phoenix this week um and um i luckily did not need the fire department um but while i was there we we've got a company uh service logic has a company there called tolin t-o-l-i-n mechanical uh based in Denver, but has a very uh, significant presence in Arizona, both in Phoenix and in Tucson. And we were there doing some training with one of our customers. And um, there was a, a, a seasoned journeyman on the job named Carl. And then there was a younger fellow uh, named Julian on the job site, an apprentice, first year apprentice. And I was talking to him and kind of picking his brain a little bit, kind of see where he was in his education process. And um, so I was making notes in my little notebook. And, and I, it's my notebook that I love to travel with because it's from Common uh, Place Coffee, which is Pittsburgh-based. So they have these cool little little pocket-sized notebooks that I like. Uh, so I'm making a note in there about who I'm meeting, what date, just you know, kind of journaling the event. And I asked Julian, this young 18-year-old, I said, what is your last name? And he says, Gamboa. And I'm like, all right, wait a minute. We've got a Gamboa at Tolan already in Phoenix. He's like, yeah, that's my dad. And I'm wow. like, holy crap. So Javier is uh, one of our seasoned uh, uh, project uh, account service managers or service account manager at Phoenix uh, Tolan office. And so now his kid, Julian, second generation coming to work for us. So 
it's just really rewarding when we see young, talented guys. Um, and I was making a note of Julian because the kid was on it. I mean, he, he gets it. We were doing this motor replacement for uh, one of our customers uh, called Turntide uh, is the name of the company that we're supporting in their effort. Uh, and um, so we're, we're doing the training first year apprentice now. And I said, Julian, do you think you can do one now that you've seen it done? He said, yeah, I believe I can do it. And but this is not just swapping a motor. It's uh, motor control variable speed on a oh, single phase. Yeah. I mean, really, really cool stuff. And so I was, I was really happy to get to, uh, I saw Javier later that afternoon at the office and I said, man, that kid of yours has got it. And, and he just, you know, it was so cool to see the dad smile big when he saw somebody other than himself seeing the potential in, in Julian. And I'm sure the local guys have because they, you know, but I've never met him before. Um, but it, I just, I just had kind of a, a, a really cool internally proud moment when I, when I saw that whole thing happen, you know, in real time from meeting the kid to learning about him, then figuring out he was connected and then watching the dad beam when I told him <laughs> that I thought that kid was special. So that's those, an awesome story. Well, that's what has built our industry, I think, into a pretty good powerhouse industry because the the people like us that are passionate about the industry and don't think it's a job, but, you know, it's a career, it's a hobby, it's what we read about on the weekend. Um, I, I think they appreciate those kind of stories because they may have been down that path before or they may have worked alongside, you know, a family that's been through it and, and recognize that kind of, that kind of good stuff. So it was just a uh, hell. Maybe I am Dr. Phil after all, we do have the, <laughs> we do have the same haircut after all. I don't know. It was just good. So Tyler, you've been quiet, man. I'm worried about you. You are, you all right over there? I am great. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing awesome. Um, but I, I I do wonder just just from from Butch's point of view, you you mentioned just that that evolution of understanding customer service and and caring about people, and I wonder just um, how you can, I suppose just how you detail that that evolution that that you've gone through, and how maybe that's changed your personal behavior just in in your work and how you approach. Um, customers and how you approach different people that you work with. What what practically has changed that maybe other people can learn from and say, oh, you know what, Butch was putting more of an emphasis on people and on building those relationships, and here's how he did it. Yes. So, you know, going back, going back to the my statement just a little while ago about people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Are you available for them after hours? on a weekend, a holiday, when uh, they're in a crisis. So uh, I'm working today in a, a data processing center, and um, I had my hip replaced this last summer. My customer called me three or four times with problems while I was off with my hip, and I helped them make sure that I got the right guy to come down and fill in. Normally, I would come down. But he trusted me enough to call me to ask me to do that. And it was a relationship that we've had 
with him that I was willing to do that. Now, I could have said, you know, I'm off this summer. I'm not working. You're going to need to call the office. Could have just not answered my phone. But again, it was more about caring about the customer and the relationship. And I think that's one of the big things. Does the customer truly know we care? And that's what I believe our customer really wants. And there's there's more to it. You know, we, we have to know how to communicate, as Greg said, uh, build rapport and really build relationships. And it's about building the long-term relationships. But what happens when we have problems in those relationships? How do we recover from those problems? We teach a thing called STARS. And that stands for show empathy, take responsibility, apologize for the situation, resolve the situation, and then seek the customer satisfaction. And, you know, that old saying, a customer that has a problem favorably resolved is more loyal than the customer that never had the problem. So if you're going to have a long-term relationship with any of your customers, there's going to be some glitches along the way. There's going to be some problems. And it's how you uh, take responsibility. You have to own the problem. You have to own, uh, own the job, own, the, own the, the problem that you're on. And I think that's truly what the customer is looking for. And that's just not our external customer. That's our internal customer. Are you responsive to our coworkers, the people that you work with? after hours or the weekend if they call? Are you available to give them some information? Maybe come out and help them. Uh, so the relationships are throughout the whole industry, not just our external customer. We have to build them internally also with our suppliers, uh, with our project managers, uh, the people inside of our office, our coworkers. So it's really about building long-term relationships within the whole industry. So Tyler, I think yes, it has affected his behavior. <laughs> I yeah. think so too. I, I think so too. Yeah, so, so I didn't actually answer the question directly, did I? No, I, that was a great answer, though, Butch, because I had never heard the Stars acronym. But yeah, I think I, when I was hearing you describe each word, um, you know, I think whether we use the Stars acronym or not, the people who are sensitive into wanting to resolve, you know. The, the, a, a bad situation um you know i think we all strive for this or, or i think we use the same techniques maybe we just call them different things but to your point about you know life after screw up um i recently just last week reconnected with an old customer who who uh he nor i any longer work you know as as customer provider um, he, he works for another company and he was calling, ask, asking me some uh, advice on, on a particular problem he was having or, or a, a question he was having. And, um, you know, we just got into and, and this guy was a hard ass, man. He made us better um, as a company because he he stretched us. And, and I've had a couple of customers over the years, uh, my friend Gary Smith. Uh, he works for a big property management company in Charlotte. He made us better because he was a hard ass, but because he, they, they had to be hard asses, I think, 
because the customer service that they had received up to the point where we were able to help them have, have been subpar, you know, I mean, uh, and I don't say that in a braggy way, but our whole company airtight was built to serve a need that we saw in 1999, which was an HVAC company, heavy on service, heavy in the industrial mechanical mission critical world that knew how to deliver and would stand up to, you know, the, the test of, of being kind of run through the gamut of, of, uh, of the customer's expectations. And, you know, we, we butch uh, several times over the year here or year plus now on the podcast, we've talked about, you know, the, what does, how, how much does your customer believe in you? And you used a great example there at the data center you're at, and you were out with your hip replacement, which is not uncommon for 50 plus year old service technicians. Um, we should have a club for that. Uh, yes. any, anybody with metal in them, we should have a club. But, um, you know, that customer knew that they could count on you and you would help them. And there was no doubt in your mind that you would help them because you want them to take care of you or you want to take care of them. And the ultimate test to me is the 3 a.m. call when they call you and say, Butch, I've got a problem at XYZ. And you say, I got it. Yep. Can, can they go back to sleep? And if they can go back to sleep, then we built that, that level, um, of, of certainty and confidence where, you know, they can roll back over knowing that at seven thirty you'll give them an update. Yep. Absolutely. That, that That's just a true test for me for, I don't, I mean, probably because of spending so much time in a mission critical world and, and receiving my share of phone calls at 2 AM or 3 AM or whenever. Um, that's just kind of my yardstick of measurement. Yeah, that's definitely, that gets high marks on the scorecard, no dot. Well, how, how are you doing with your, your hip? Are you, are you out and about, like, fully restored and no cane and no limp, or how are you coming along? I'll tell you what, I am, the doctor told me full recovery is a year. He said it takes a year for 100%. So I don't know if I'm at 100%. But I will tell you, I am 1,000% better than I was on June 29th, That's the, awesome. the day before my surgery. So for me, it went really well. When I saw you this August, I was just getting off the cane. I was still limping. I went yeah. back to work uh, September 21st. I was off 12 weeks. In fact, uh, you mentioned the 50-plus club, Greg. I actually joined the 60-plus club the day after I came back to work. So I came back. My goal was to be back to work before my 60th birthday. And I got back one day before and uh, I'm doing really well. It feels really good. I have no limitations with it. I'm, I'm so glad for that because, you know, mobility, you know, at any age, it, we take it for granted until you're not mobile. And, yes. um, I, I, suffered a leg injury a couple of years ago and um god you just to, to be able to get up and walk across the room unaided is really special and tyler 
I hope you never go through that. <laughs> if you continue to age, which I hope you do, thank you. Um, you you may get there, but no, Butch, that that's really cool. So, um, I'm, I'm thankful for your help. That, that's good news. Tell tell me about what's coming up next for you. Where where do you see your training, your your mentoring? Where are you headed? How how are you making an impact with with and to me, it's it's hand to hand combat. You know, I tell people all the time, like um, they say, well, how how are you backfilling your industry? You know, you talk about backfilling and future proofing all the time. How are you doing it, Crumpton? My deal is I'm finding one at the time and I'm, I'm dragging them with me or, or bringing them with me or taking them with me or wh- however you want to call it. Um, I'm just hand to hand combat. So what what is your techniques? What are you into? So in the last couple years, I started teaching at our local community college here in Pittsburgh. It's called Allegheny County Community College. And right now I'm teaching the basic electricity course for the uh, HVAC field. And um, that that's with the blessing of our business manager, Ken Broadbent, here in Pittsburgh, um, because his vision is... We're so short on manpower in our country in the HVAC field. We actually recruit from community college, and he thought it was a good idea to get someone from our local union in there to help recruit and get people excited about our field and potentially coming into our workforce so that we could start to um, fill some of the... um, open slots because we're really at a shortage. And so I'm kind of shifting more towards training and education, although uh, I'm still real involved at Ruth Roth Service. I've been here, you know, 32, almost 33 years. They've treated me really good. Uh, I I believe they're a really good contractor. And um, so I'm uh, like one of our field supervisors also, and I have the opportunity to work with uh, some of our guys uh, at that level, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, but I, I really enjoy uh, working with the young people, too, and trying to get them involved in the trade through the training at our, our apprenticeship school or at our local community college. Now, I, I think that's awesome. Um, you know, we, we always have this uh, industry debate about union, non-union, what have you, and, and our companies are about 50-50 across the country. And, you know, there's great union folks and there's great non-union folks. So we, we just embrace the industry, but you, you know, have to think, you know, how do we, how do we reach a new uh, set of people? And I think that's a great way of doing it uh, the way you're doing it. And, but, you know, it's also that kid that you go to church with and they don't really know what they want to do. Or, you know, their dad and you know that that young lady through her dad doesn't know what she wants to do. So it's just um, it's just really fun for, for me to help recruit and, and educate. And um, that's why I have such a ball working here uh, at Service Logic is because I get to do a lot of that stuff and try to help our you know, my my mission is to to eradicate the shortage, and I know I'll never do it, but 
I, I don't allow myself the luxury of knowing that. So I, uh, I attack it like I can solve it. So, <laughs> and that's, that is an awesome philosophy because if we had a lot more people like you, we would fill the shortage. Well, I, but you, you are know, certainly plugging a lot of holes with what you're doing. Well, I, I just, I'm, I'm committed to it. You know, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, uh, employed at, at a great company when I was 19, just like uh, Julian is out in Phoenix working for a great company. And the company I worked for, uh, my dad worked there. And it was just cool that, you know, I, I hope, and I'm sure there was a lot of these non-great moments for my dad when I worked there, but I hope that there were a couple where somebody said, hey, that kid of yours is okay. So that kind of ties back into, you know, my storytelling from earlier this week where I got to see Javier light up when, you know, we were talking about his kid. And I think we all, for the most part, if you do work with your parent, um, it, it can go either way. You know, some people absolutely despise working with their family. Some people thrive on it. You know, I've, I've got a business right now that I'm part of outside of service logic. Uh, called Global Venture, and we're a family company. And uh, it's really cool that I get to work with my family in that setting. Um, it's non-HVAC related, but it's still family. So I think you either like it or you don't. Um, and I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting way of, of going through your career, of uh, how you choose to. I know father and sons in the industry, and they there's no way they could work together. But they're both in the industry. So, um, you know, I'm all about it. However, however, we can backfill people, however they get here. And, yeah. and it sounds like you guys are doing what you can. Um, and I do want to take a moment to um, brag on your training facility up there at, uh, at the local. I have been fortunate to visit a lot of training facilities over the years. And uh, when I was up, it was it. Was it in August when we did the video? That was August, yep. Yeah. God, that seems so it forever does. ago. But um, I was super uh, blown away by the commitment that the local up there has has made in the, in the uh, investment and training uh, down to the building, the, the, the hardware within the building, the training uh, tools is what I'm talking about. Air conditioning systems, pipe rigs, I mean, plumbing, that that plumbing prefab area in the back. I mean, you guys just do it right up there. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. That is very nice, uh, Greg. Thank you. And, and I know, you know, on behalf of our business manager, Kenny Broadbent, um, he puts his heart and soul into that training he feels is our lifeblood. And that's what he's all about. He's about training and recruiting and getting people interested, enthused, and training them. And uh, that's kind of his signature, that training facility, because uh, he wants us to be the best trained in the world. And that's his philosophy. And he stops short of nothing to try and achieve that. And he knows that it's always a work in progress. And uh, on a little side note, Greg, we just uh, started construction on our new union hall that's going to be right adjacent to it on the property there. Gotcha. And so we'll yeah. have everything right there. 
Well, one one other little side note, also, if I can, my son Brian started working with us. You were talking about working with family, uh, so he worked with us for about a year and a half. Uh, right out of high school, he was playing junior hockey, and he really wanted to go on uh, to college and. Uh, he was interested in safety science, and he wanted to play some college hockey. And that just didn't head the way he was hoping. And this past December, he came back on board with us. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we did okay when he was here his first go, Ron. We haven't worked together yet since he's been back. Uh, and that's probably a good thing because I found out when – we worked together the last time. I treated him more like like my son, and I was his dad, and I was worried about him getting hurt or too much, you know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to, as my career comes to an end, having the ability to develop that relationship. And ultimately, what I'd really like for him to do is take my van over and take my customers over uh, moving forward as I start to ease out over the next three to five years. Oh man, what, what a cool thing that would be. And I'm, yeah. And so I'm, I'm proud that that's coming together for you. And yeah, and he's a know, really good he, young guy. And well, he took I'm after his mom, I'm very right? proud of him. What's that? He took, it, he took after his mother. He sure did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, there's no doubt. All three of my kids did. I have three really good kids and they, they all took after their mother and, I'm blessed that I have such a great wife, too. I, I always told you. my wife I have a great wife. She's a great wife and an even better mother. Well, that's a huge compliment, I'm sure. And my dad, I don't think, had the same compassion for my safety. My dad gave me every crap job on the planet. So <laughs> that um, I think, and I found out later, as as he was aging and, and as he was nearing the end of his life, um, I found out a lot of stuff from him that he did intentionally that I kind of wondered about when I was driving down the road. I'm like, is he screwing with me? And um, But it, it came down to the fact where he wanted to really figure out if I was committed to the industry or not. Yeah. And um, I think that he took it to a an extreme of <laughs> some of the requests he had of us, but uh you know, it was a different time too, Butch. When when we came through, absolutely, um, it was it was such a such a different thing. But well, look, Tyler, um, Butch, we're we're coming up on our time limit, uh, Butch. We feed the meter, but the meter still expires, so we have to <laughs> we have to be careful. And Tyler is the ultimate meter maid. It's so. true. It's true. I'm I'm crazy about the meter. I yeah. hear you, brother. Well, but, but it's been a pleasure uh, talking and, and doing a bit of reminiscing and a bit of forward-lookingness because um, I think that's where we're at. We have to keep striving, and I can't wait to get back up there and visit with you some more. Yeah, likewise. And I thank you, Greg, for inviting me and Tyler for inviting me to do this. This was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Well, we're super glad to have you. So, Tyler, you want to take us to the crib? Yeah, let's uh, let's put a bow on this one, Butch. Thanks again for for joining us, and uh, it, it's been an absolute blast. And uh, and we're thrilled that you were able to uh, to come on the podcast with us today. And Greg, another great episode in the books, and we got more coming up. And so, uh, a lot to look forward to for folks that uh, that enjoy the the Straight Out of Crumpton podcast. All uh, seventeen million of our listeners. 
I thought it was up to 26. My bad. Oh, uh, you know what? I haven't checked the updated figures, so I'll have yeah. to do that. I, I may have just uh, may have just perjured myself here on the podcast, but yeah, great stuff uh, again. And so, everyone, uh, if you're not already subscribed to Straight Out of Crumpton on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to go do that, or check out uh, GregCrumpton.com for all of the podcast episodes. Stay up to date with the latest. I think this is episode number 32, perhaps. And so, wow. uh, we have a lot of them. If you missed one, make sure to go back and check it out because we're always talking to new and interesting folks um and so uh for more conversations just like this one go check out some of the previous episodes but uh but greg we'll be back soon with some new episodes yeah looking forward to it the the it's such a winding road and i love it so thank you for uh driving us down the road tyler absolutely happy to do it always enjoy the conversations and everyone stay tuned for more episodes but until then for greg crumpton i'm tyler kern we'll talk to you again soon